So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. Welcome into week four of this 2023 NFL season. We blinked. Here we are. The Ravens are traveling to Cleveland for a one o'clock matchup with the Browns on Sunday. It is Wednesday, September 27th. Welcome inside the vault. As always, I'm joined alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. And hey, we're looking at Cleveland today, a, a team that's trending in the right direction. And as always, we got to turn to an expert for all things Brown. So without further ado, let's bring him in. It's the Athletics. Zach Jackson, a.k.a. Jeff Zarevic's counterpart out there in, in the AFC North. And Zach, thanks for joining us inside the vault today. We, we always like to start with, you know, obviously, we're, we're so tied into what's going on here in Baltimore. We just got to wonder, like, what is the state of the two and one Browns so far through three weeks of football? Um, the defense is out of this world, right? Um, the offense is a work in progress. Now, I think there's like 29 offenses that have a lot to clean up, right? And, and the Browns are one of those. Uh, the defense has been amazing. The coordinator switch, Miles Garrett playing the way he's capable of and just doing things that are just out of this world. Um, Zadarius Smith unlocking Miles Garrett, the best corner trio to me in the league, um, you know, with guys in front of them being able to take chances. So um, I don't know what you're going to get from the offense. And I don't know what you're going to get from the special teams. And it's Cleveland, so we don't know what the weather's going to be or anything like that. But I know this Browns defense is a problem. And especially if the Ravens don't have their offensive line, um, especially if they don't have a running game, they can go right at the Browns and kind of keep them on their heels or keep them a little bit honest. And there's a chance that it becomes a long afternoon uh, for Lamar Jackson, who I think the world of. Um, I just think in the past, even the Browns were able to play him well most times and had enough defensive speed and now they've added more and they're just playing it at a level that you know frankly i haven't seen so it's only three games and um i I do think the ravens can do some things to attack them but buy the hype on the browns defense and then we'll see where the rest of it falls not only this week but for the rest of this long season yeah so bobby's got the afc north standings up there it's pretty much what we all expected one of the best or toughest divisions for sure in the NFL, and I have a feeling it's going to be tight all the way down. Three teams at two and one, Bengals at one and two. There's no way Bengals are going to stay, you know, playing the way they have. It's just going to get picked up. So let's let's start on that offensive side of the ball. We'll get to the number one defense here in just a second because it is uh, – I'm sure it's keeping the coaches up at night in Baltimore. Uh, but first on the offensive side, what did, does the impact of the loss of Nick Chubb have? It didn't seem like – it wrecked the offense last week. It seemed to, to like, you know, still keep churning things out. How does that impact things? Well, it impacts everything because he was that good and that important. You know, he, 
I honestly think the best thing Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb did was take the two-yard run and then turn it into four or eight. It just got the Browns out of jail so many times. And then over the course of the game, it wore on a defense. And, you know, they were able to use him as the closer if they did have the lead. Uh, now, without him, they, it's more of a committee approach. They open things up. Jerome Ford, second-year player, former fifth-round pick, super quick and a really nice find. He's not an every-down back. He's not Nick Chubb. No one is. So, you know, this is about, in the big picture, this is about Deshaun Watson continuing to play better, continuing to get more comfortable, use his multiple talents to attack defenses in, in different ways. And, I mean, you can make the case that there are more open and looking to attack in different ways without Chubb. We'll see how that goes. You know, last week they got it going downhill. So they have a clear number one receiver in Amari Cooper who's still really good, um, and he's the go-to guy. Now, eventually they're going to have to develop some some other guys, but – and they've tried, you know, to kind of remake this, but it's still very Cooper driven. So you know, the key for the Ravens is to keep Watson in the pocket. It's to, you know, let Jerome Ford have one or two, uh, but certainly not the big play that we saw in Pittsburgh. And he caught a couple big passes last week as well. So, you know, I think the Ravens will kind of want to sit back and let the Browns go on long drives. I think they'll probably have to double Amari Cooper and we'll see what happens there. So this is a dangerous Browns offense, but it's been an inconsistent one. Um, last week was promising. I'm not ready to say it was the breakthrough. Uh, maybe we'll be saying that in a week or two. So it's a dangerous one, but it's certainly been uh, a little bit all over the map uh, for the first three games. So two-part question, Zach. The, the corresponding move to losing Chubb was re-signing, a, not re-signing, but bringing in a fam- familiar face in Kareem Hunt. So what's his role expected to be? And then just in terms of Deshaun Watson, the first full season as a starter coming off last year, what are the early reviews through three weeks on how he's commanding the offense? You know, they want Kareem Hunt to be Kareem Hunt. We'll see if he's still the same runner. I doubt that he is, but he catches the ball out of the backfield. Um, he's fearless. He finishes runs. He blocks blitzers. He does all of those things. So he got a bunch of touches last week, and I think that's just because it was a blowout and it was kind of his training camp. He didn't have a training camp. They got to use him. But he'll come on the field. He'll catch screen passes. He'll play on third downs, be asked to block. You know, with Deshaun Watson, um, it's been an ongoing thing. And he played pretty well last last year against the Ravens. Uh, he played really well last week over the last three quarters, especially. Uh, he's only played four or five good quarters this season. So, you know, the Steelers were able to turn him over. Um, they were able to keep him in the pocket. I think the Bengals were too, to an extent. So that's a big thing. He's been a little sloppy with the ball. But, you know, he's dynamic. And they hit you with a little bit of the element of surprise. Um uh, they, they hit you with the counteraction, the bootleg stuff, all of that. And if you let him get going to Cooper and let him get get hot the way the Titans did last week, then he can hurt you. Um, he threw a beauty, beautiful one to Donovan Peoples-Jones last week for an almost 30-yard gain. So, you know, they're, they haven't gotten a lot out of Elijah Moore or David Njoku. Now, those guys have gotten a lot of volume, but Elijah Moore doesn't scare anybody. Um, when Watson's at his best, he's moving the pocket. He's looking downfield and he's extending plays. Uh, when he's at his worst is when you stop the Browns run game, when you stop him on first down and put him in third and long and make him stay in the pocket. So that is the challenge, uh, you know, for Roquan Smith, for whoever's playing corner this week for the Ravens, for all of those guys, yeah. is they got to win on first down. Because if you're in second and four and third and four um, against the Browns, then the whole playbook's open, and Watson is best as, as kind of a freelancer. Yeah, we'll see how the Ravens' defense do. I mean, they were doing well last week, but then, as John Harbaugh noted, there were four just huge runs, and it's like you can't – that's what gets an offense going. 
All right, let's flip over to the defensive side. I know that you've mentioned it already. I mean, this is these are bananas numbers, Zach. I mean, yes. Miles Garrett in week three, this is according to PFF, a 93.2 pass rushing grade. Oh, first in the league, 3.5 sacks, first in the league, nine pressures, tied for first in the league, 34.6 win percent rate, first in the league. You mentioned that Zardarius Smith kind of helped unlock him. Can you can you go deeper in that? Obviously, we're familiar with Zardarius, Zardarius Smith. Drafted him here in Baltimore. It's like we flipped outside line, outside linebackers. Yeah. We've got Jadavian Clowney now. What is it that Zadarius Smith has done to unlock him? Well, on the very first play of the season, it was like a zero-step drop, and Smith still hit Joe Burrow, and that was kind of tone setting. <laughs> um, the Browns have not – you can't block them. I, teams are losing or getting zero yards on 53% of the snaps. And so it's those two are the headliners, but they're just getting in the backfield. So you have to either run it at them or hit them with the sideways stuff, the screen stuff, the counteraction, you know, to, to take advantage of their aggressiveness. The Steelers only did that on two plays. It was enough because the Browns gave up two defensive touchdowns. Right. But they've had blowout games and they've just poured it on. And so, um, you know, like, Playing Joe Burrow on no practice in week one, that was a good setup for the Browns. They they won a game they should have, but they did it with exclamation, exclamation points. Uh, burying Ryan Tannehill and turning him into a pocket passer is something they should have done, but they did it with exclamation points. So it's going to be big in terms of can they use flowers? Can they use whoever the run game is to get some stuff in the screen game and some misdirection, quick stuff? Um, and, and can they run Lamar effectively without exposing him to 30 hits, you know, because you, you have to go right at these guys. Um, if you turn Lamar into a pocket passer, if you turn it into a game where you're down 10 or 14 and have to come against this, this group, then you're going to see miles all over the place. Um, you're going to see Zedarius all over the place. There's a clip from last week where the Titans are employing two tight ends to block miles Garrett. And Miles is just moving back and forth before the snap because he knows they can't snap the ball until they're set. And so the Browns feel like they've already won when you change your offense, but you almost have to because the rush has been this good. So to counter it, like I said, you, you have to be able to run it right at them or get the ball out of his hands so quickly to, you know, to make him take advantage because so far everything's been up the field and they've given up two big plays the entire season. Aside from Lamar and the rushing attack category, it's been there's been some question marks, as you may have seen, um, just with all the different rotating casts in that position group so far. So that'll be interesting to watch. You know, from your vantage point, since you, you do cover, you know, the Cleveland beat, obviously, um, I do wonder how you look back at Jadavian's departure last year. It was much dissected and, and much mm -hmm. talked about and obviously did not end that well. Um, incredible player. Uh, when he wanted to be, didn't always want to be. Um, and then the ending was, was awkward. It was unnecessary. It was all of that. So um, the Browns and the Ravens were going to go get him because he's still a game changing talent. You know, how's that going to go if he has to play a bunch of snaps or over the course of 17 or the Ravens hope more games than that. We'll see. Uh, I'm not surprised that he's still been productive. Um, you know, he quit on the Browns and Odell quit on the Browns the, the year before. So that's, that's interesting. But uh, you know, the Browns mistake was not getting Clowney. It was counting on him for a second year. That's just his track record. He's never stayed in one place for too long, but you know, I thought before that happened, I thought that he was uh, entertaining to be around. And I certainly thought that you never knew when he was going to hit the gas. And when he did, it was pretty special. And so the Browns so far have replicated that with Darius and miles. And then with Okoronkwo, who, who they actually added before Zadarius and kind of, 
you know, now has helped really rev up that group. So you didn't know what you were going to get and he didn't get it all the time, but man, he's a talent. And if the Ravens do get healthy on defense, I think, you know, later on in the year, he'll be a part of, you know, maybe find helping them find that extra gear. Yeah. The Ravens reportedly signed Kyle Van Noy last night, late last night. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, Jadavian has been logging crazy snaps, which, you know, you don't want for a guy that's been has injuries over the, over the uh, years. Um, Zach. So you mentioned that both Jadavian and OBJ had quit on the Browns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the versions that we've had, and we're only four weeks into the season are two very motivated players who feel like they have something to prove, but I keep hearing on Twitter. Okay. Just wait, just wait till hard times. Like, do you feel like, do you feel like that was a situation where they were in a, I mean, the Browns seem to be going in the right direction this year, but in the past, not so much. Is that a situation where you feel like, well, with the Ravens, cause they're always in the hunt, maybe we'll keep them motivated or what, what do you foresee? Yeah. You know, I don't know what either of those guys well enough. Uh, and I know Adele was very popular in the building and in the locker room. And then all of a sudden he was gone. Right. And and there was a split, there was a divide, but it's not like that he was a pain in the butt all the time, or he was me, me, me. Uh, is he high maintenance? I don't I think anybody can answer that. Um, but you know, was he for the most part, a good teammate? Is he certainly an elite talent that I just enjoyed watching and I think made the Browns better and has obviously made offenses better. Yes. Do I think the Ravens paid him a lot of money, but do I understand why? Yes. So, um, you know, it, it's early and Odell obviously has had the terrible injury luck, but man, he's an impactful player and s- same with Clowney. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, there are guys that I would say absolutely stay away from. And I just thought the Browns biggest mistake with Clowney was going back to the well to that for that second time. But I think enough of those guys as talents and what they've done um, over the course of their careers to think that, yeah, like I, I think it would be presumptuous if not unfair to say that they're going to quit on the team. I think that they could help the Ravens get to where they want to go, which is obviously not just make the playoffs or not just be in the hunt you know, in December and January, I think those are both sensible signings and guys that if, if the rest of your season goes right, can help you get over the top eventually. Zach, this time last year, we had uh, the ever polarizing Tony Grossi on, on the show from Cleveland. And one of the things that he, I remember him talking about at the time, lots changed was questions within the fan base, within the town, whether or not Kevin Stefanski had a true pulse, right? Had his stranglehold on the locker room a year later, Where is that at? So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, you know, I think those were fair questions. And I think that's something we don't really know because we're around so little, right? Because when there is an incident with one player, um, it, it kind of gets blown up. And because Kevin chooses to have this Bill Belichick like public persona when that's not really who he's like, he's chosen it. Um, and I think sometimes when things go poorly, that does hurt his perception on the outside with the fan base. Now I will say that Odell, that clowny, that miles maturity issues in the past, the, the list I could go on and on, but I won't are all part of the reasons why the Browns went away for the first week of training camp. It's all part of the reason why Kevin said, you know, the most important days of training camp are the two days we practice in Philly and the two days we spend there when we're not practicing because we need to be a team. And yes, like Zadarius too, he kind of has the same reputation. They're winning right now and the defense is dancing and making plays and setting records and they're great. You know, the first team that busts three big ones on a row and, and there's pointing fingers, we'll see what happens there. So I do think it was a point of emphasis. I do think it is something to watch because I think nobody doubts the Browns' talent right? If, if they stay healthy, if they click, can, can they keep the attention span? Can, do they respect the coach? But I think they do. And I just think last year was so disjointed because of the quarterback and because of so many other things. And then you add miles car accident and Jadavian's thing later in the year and a a bunch of things that happened that, you know, I, I think guys this year understand that the Browns window is now has to be now. And it, there's plenty in it for them individually if they do stick together. So we'll see. Um, we'll talk again, what, in mid-November. Yep. But obviously so far so good because they should be – because they're 2-1 and one and they should be 3-0. and oh. um, So we'll see the next time they have one of those losses uh, how it's handled. Zach, so just uh, – we're going to – if your predictions, I will get to like the biggest matchup and, and your prediction for this game. But just from like a big picture, what's your feeling on this AFC North? I mean – like you're saying the Browns window is now I totally get that you've paid Deshaun Watson. You've got miles Garrett there. I mean, you got the number one defense. What do you see? How do you see this thing playing out? Who's the biggest threat to this window in the AFC North? Well, there are no freebies in the AFC North. Right. And so I'm curious is th- does that mean that these teams are going to be hardened and be good and three of them are going to get in the playoffs and you're not going to want to see them? Or does that mean they're going to beat the crap out of each other all year long um, and then nobody's going to have anything left? So you look at that, right, their points allowed. But the Browns have allowed 18 points, so they're allowing six points and seven first downs a game. That's not sustainable, but their defense is good enough to keep them in. And outside of Lamar, they don't see another top quarterback on their schedule until Trevor Lawrence in December. So this defense wow. could keep going. We all know that if Joe Burrow gets healthy, the Bengals should be the favorite, right? We all know that the Ravens have made the upgrades to say that they think they should win the division and, and, you know, they might be right. So um, honestly, I'm not going to be surprised by any result. I, I kind of thought coming into the year that the Steelers would be better and be right in the mix. 
Uh, when we did our AFC North whip around on the athletic, we had a lot of discussion about, do you like the Bengals or the field? You know, and we all agreed that we think the Bengals came into the year as a class of the division, but we weren't going to be surprised by some team chasing them down. And if Joe's not healthy, they're not going to win. They're just, they're just not, even though they have really good players on both sides, they're just not. So I think this is going to be an absolute battle. And, you know, at the end of the year, uh, the Browns, the Browns are done with the Steelers and Ravens by mid-November, but they play the Bengals in week 18 in Cincinnati. And um, if that game is for the division title or that game is for second place in the last wild card spot, I don't think anybody will be surprised. Yeah. I still think Burrow rushed himself back too soon. You know, what's the rush? Um, yeah. You go one and two to start it out. You could have been, you could have given yourself three more weeks to get that calf right. Seemed like Jamar Chase was kind of hinting at that before the season. Like, we don't need you, man. Just get right. But he's such a competitor, and it's tough, too, when you get that record-setting deal. I'm sure that adds to the pressure yeah. of wanting to get back. But uh, let's finish here with with a, a key matchup that you're looking at. And if you're a predictions guy and you haven't yet shared that across your own platforms, <laughs> we would love to get that uh, from you if possible. I know that we're going to be looking at now that you've already shared what we already knew regarding Miles Garrett, and it's somewhat of a patchwork offensive line that'll be very very compelling to watch play out yeah so the key matchup is miles garrett and against the left tackle the center the tight end that's going to block him presumably not andrews right he's got to get out in the route and then whoever the running back is too um that's the key matchup because if he's back there all the time he's going to be back there right but if he's back there all the time that means the other guys are going to be back there too and the bengals are going to be or excuse me the ravens are going to be in deep trouble. You know, my prediction is the Browns are going to win. I, I think the Ravens are going to have a little success offensively, but I think right now, given the circumstances with the injury, given where this game is and given that the Browns are, you know, headed to their bye week, the only team in the league that's, that's playing their first three, their, all three of their division rivals in the first four games. I think the game means more to them and I think they're better equipped to win it. So I see like a 17, 13 ish Browns win um, to put them at three and one. And then I see the Ravens winning the next one and we'll see where it goes for, you know, when they play again in November, we'll see where it goes from there. But I just think right now, given who's available and how the Browns defense is playing, I think the Browns are the better team and they're playing at home and the fan base has waited a long, long time to cheer on this defense. And, and the bank, the Ravens are going to have to be awfully sharp early to keep from, you know, digging themselves a hole that, that Miles Garrett's going to make it tough to get out of. Let's take a quick look at the weather before we let you jump here. <laughs> you never Sunday. know. Including, looking at the forecast now does no good. Trust me. We're taping this on Wednesday. It yeah. means absolutely nothing. Sarah's based in Columbus. I'm from upstate New York originally. We all get it. But as of right now, Wednesday morning, 75 degrees, sunny, 10% chance of precipitation. Okay. 10 mile an hour winds. All right. 71% humidity. So let's like go that. 65, 20 mile an hour winds <laughs> going one way in the second quarter and a different way in the third. That's uh, right. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Oh man. Zach Jackson from the athletic in Cleveland. You can follow him on Twitter at Akron Jackson. Really that, that actually, I like that sound right there. That's a good, so well that's done. good. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the time, man. Appreciate right, it. Thank you guys. Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right. So that's your week four preview and a good one at that because Cleveland is playing well. There's a three-team race right now, at least as of the second. It's going to be a four-team race, let's be honest. But three teams are two and one, not named. Uh, or, you know, since he is one and two, the rest of the teams are, are two and one. And this is shaping up, Sarah, to be what we thought it would be. Tough division. 
Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. I don't, I don't like this matchup right now with how banged up the Ravens are. Um, you know, we knew it before he got on to say it, but I mean, oof. Miles Garrett in this defense. Let's let's bring that back up real quick because I didn't go through the defensive stats. I just kind of went through Miles Garrett, but this well, that's because his is worth a whole team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But like he answered a question I had. I'm like, well, what else? It can't be just Miles. And he's talking about how good the secondary is and so Darius Smith and all of this stuff. But yeah, total defense Browns number one, rush defense two, pass defense one, points per game given up number one uh third down defensive percentage number one hey fourth down 13 tied red zone defense number one bobby this is like this is like ravens kind of numbers here that you know you've you expect in the past i mean and then the offense the offense as you can see here the ravens and and browns are kind of like neck and neck ravens number 12 Browns number 10, rush offense, Ravens number five, Browns number four. They're both number, they're in the 20s for the pass offense. I mean, they're neck and neck on offense. And then the Ravens defense, they're they're more like a top 10 team right now um, without all their horses. So, I mean, this is just, if you thought it was going to, it was hard for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to move the ball last week against the Colts. And the Colts, by the way, have a phenomenal front seven as we previewed and then reviewed uh, both before and after the game. I mean, this is just another level. It's not going to be easy to move the ball, uh, especially with how many questions mark, question marks we have with injuries. Yeah, this has the makings of exactly what Zach was getting at there, just a defensive showdown. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, that's that's AFC North football. Maybe not this time of year, more along the lines of, know braving the elements and stuff in December and January but I get the sense that that's that's the direction in which we're trending you know and and can the Ravens contain yes it's not Nick Chubb anymore but based on the numbers they can still they can still run the football you know and and Deshaun Watson is trending up he's got the playmaking ability around him this is his first full season as a starter with Cleveland we know that last year based on what Zach said was tumultuous to say the very least whether we're talking about Jadavian or the suspension, or I even forgot about Miles Garrett's car accident. So it was a disaster (laughs) season for the Browns last year, but yet it seems as if through three weeks, it's a week-to-week league, subject to change, they're trending in the right direction. Kevin Stefanski has this team, you know, under his control. Do you remember that last year? It kind of popped up in my head when we had Tony on our show, you know, and and he was saying, look, I don't think he's the guy. Well, a year later, he's proven to to at least you know, have the longevity enough to make it to this point. You've got a good memory because I did not remember that. There's just too many <laughs> of these guests and games and and all of that. Okay, so I I have a question and then a proposal for you here. Yeah. Um, would say for example, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and I don't know. Uh, Here's my thing. It's Wednesday morning. I have no clue if Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, OBJ, Rashad Bateman, Ronnie Stanley, Tyler Linderbaum. I have no clue if any of them are going to play. And it will make it will make a difference on my prediction. Like if if it's the same offense that the Ravens had against the Colts, I'm going to predict predict a loss. But if they are, because it's what he said, if you can run. And you can't, uh, you're, I have no confidence in Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake taking this thing. None. So if, 
if I could even maybe predict a win if it was still Mustafer and oh my gosh, can you imagine Miles Garrett against McCarry and everybody else? I, I mean, my goodness, but I didn't know if they have their running game and I need to, I need to know if OBJ and Rashad's going to be out there. So I guess it, would it make a difference for your prediction? And if so, should we make predictions on our Friday morning vault? I think we should definitely wait. Okay. We should definitely wait because that will impact things. Granted, Patrick. We're McCary, cheating. We made Zach do it, but I think he feels confident either way. <laughs> he does because he's watching that team every single day. And yeah. let's be honest, we all have biases when we do that. I'm not saying I depending on how the injury report shakes out this week, I'm leaning towards regardless a Browns win. But let so yeah, we'll we'll wait on that though in terms of all score. Right. I think that's fair, but remember Patrick McCary was gifted an incredible compliment from Von Miller, Super Bowl MVP a year or two ago for, for the way that he rose to the occasion in replacement of, of Ronnie Stanley. So Patrick is capable of, yeah. of, of being that guy against big time talent. Miles Garrett is playing like a defensive player of the year right now. And we know that a week ago, McCary wasn't good enough. So we'll, we'll see how he holds up. Um, I love watching Cole Jackson stuff because you could see at the, at the point of attack where some of his struggles are, where some of his undersized nature can, can come back to bite him when he's going up against the game's greats on the other side of, of, of those defensive fronts. So, yeah, we'll, we'll hold it till Wednesday. or this, this is Wednesday, obviously. We'll hold it till later on this week. But to your point, Kenyon Drake and Melvin Gordon – by the way, for whatever it's worth, I'm looking at the ESPN matchup right now and under the injury report, and again, nothing's happened in terms of practice at the time of this taping, so keep that in mind. But Gus Edwards is not on this injury report, and Harbs made it seem like on Monday's press conference that he wasn't sure whether or not he was actually in concussion protocol. So hopefully that bodes well. No, he made it clear that he was in concussion protocol. He just didn't have any updates from it yet. He was in concussion. He said it clearly. He's in concussion protocol. That's how really? I remember it. Yeah. Huh. All right, okay. Bobby, let me... Well, no, no, no. I, I just thought that might have... I thought he left it up for interpretation a little bit by what he said, but regardless... He left it up, he left it up for interpretation in terms of, like, how serious it was. Okay. Uh, here, I'm bringing up the transcripts right now because we can't leave people hanging. Okay. Well, clearly, because he, he left immediately after getting popped against the Colts and went to the Blue Medical Tent. So... Clearly, and then did not go back. Oh, into the game. okay. Here we here we go, Bobby. Sorry. Is this is from Jameson Give it Hensley? To me word for word. Yeah, I'm giving it to you. Here <laughs> we go. From Jameson Hensley is running back Gus Edwards in concussion protocol. Harbaugh quote: I don't know the exact details of where he's at right now. I haven't heard. I don't know how it's defined right now. He's in evaluation. Is the best thing to say. I don't know where he's at in this stage or what stage he's at. I guess I took from that. Maybe, like you said, he was vague. So I had took from it that he's in the evaluation of co concussion protocol. Um, but maybe he's saying there's an evaluation of if he needs to be in protocol. So, yeah, we're going to find out. Was what, the latter was, was what, what I was suggesting. Is what you took. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah. regardless. Well, that's what happens when you're vague. Everybody pulls out what you know what's in their mind. So. Yeah. Yep. So, but but uh, by the way, that's not me criticizing Harbs. I would be vague too. <laughs> Moral of the story: fans get mad, but I I don't care. Moral of the story is is what you are getting at. Without Gus, it's hard to feel confident about 
Baltimore's backfield at this point. Uh, yeah. And, and you don't know how serious Justice's toe issue that he's dealing with. I think it's turf toe along, somewhere along those lines. So, anyway, Zach Jackson from The Athletic, great stuff. We'll hold on our predictions to Friday's morning vault. Do not let us forget about that. I know you won't. You love yeah. your weekly prediction segment. <laughs> and I'll make sure we hold ourselves accountable with that as well. But as always, we want to thank and shout out two of our returning patrons here inside the vault. They are supporting us this month through Patreon. So Jason Barrett, Rick Henry, we appreciate both of you guys for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore. Find out what we're offering on Patreon if you're interested in doing so as well. Go into the show notes. It's patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast. Anything that we haven't covered yet before we close? I don't think so. Okay. Zach Jackson can be found on Twitter for a good Cleveland follow throughout this week. And of course the second time they play him later on as well at Akron Jackson, which is really fun to say. Uh, Zach's good stuff. Obviously Jeff's coworker as well at the so athletic. close to action work. Jackson. Yeah. But Akron yeah. in Ohio, it's perfect. I'm wondering if he's originally from there. I probably should have done some digging on that. I'm but, sure he is. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, okay. So this is uh, a little uh, Wednesday afternoon. Obviously it's a little bit early. We don't know a ton about the injury report. So just stay locked to the vault. We're going to have a Thursday morning vault and a Friday morning vault as well for you that has the latest on where, you know, because it's funny doing these previews on Wednesday. It's almost like we need to start doing them later on in the week if this injury report's going to look the way it does. But, uh, but regardless, we'll have it um, as, as much as possible on the vault later this week. So check us out in the audio only space if you don't already do so. Google Play, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your shows. And of course, we would love for you to subscribe here inside the vault as we chase our first milestone of 10,000 subscriptions in under a year. So we appreciate you. And for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Wednesday afternoon vault here inside the vault, which sounds so silly. I'm going to go now. Partner, we'll talk to you soon. See you guys on Thursday.